Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. I'm here with Daniel Parks. What's up? And uh, and today's topic is another cheery topic. We're going to talk about suicide. So like so many of our issues that we bring up, this one uh, we thought about because of an actual situation that we faced. Yeah where there was a mom who contacted me. Actually, she was the mom of a baby that she had killed. Yeah. So she had aborted, and she's she was suicidal. At least I would describe passively yeah. suicidal. And I realized, man, this is a little bit out of my comfort zone, a lot out of my comfort zone. We are, we're not trained suicide prevention counselors. So I thought it would be good for me personally, but for anyone involved in sidewalk ministry to have researched and know a little bit about what happens if you come in contact with someone who is either passively or actively suicidal. Yeah. And they're out there. I, yeah, I know I, I have definitely interacted with many women that I would, I think, are suicidal, which is you know, no big surprise, right? Yeah, sure. They're there in desperate circumstances there to kill their child. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the reality is that that lie that women don't regret abortions is dispelled in the fact that we deal with women who are suicidal. Yes. And are suicidal, not because of what we told them, not because we told them that abortion was wrong, but because they know it's wrong and they're suicidal because, I mean, essentially the devil yeah. Is a destroyer. He wants to destroy their baby and destroy them. Yeah. And so it speaks to the destruction that abortion brings. Yeah. And the reason why we're talking about this topic and the conversation that you have with this woman speaks to the fact that we're not just for the baby. We're also for the mother. And even if she had an abortion, mm-hmm. we're for her. Yeah. And really more to to your point, because we hear it all the time. The reason these women are feeling shame or guilt, or suicide, is because we've instilled it in them. This woman never met a sidewalk counselor. Yeah. There were none on the sidewalk. And in fact, she called me saying, where were you all? Yeah. She she heard about our organization. She found my name through that and contacted me. So she had never heard a word of someone other than her own Guilt and yeah. sorrow speaking to her heart right. that was causing the the shame and and the deep sorrow. Um, so you're you're probably going to face it if you're on the sidewalk. You're gonna you're gonna face this. Yeah. And so what do we do? Yeah. And you may even face it. You might encounter women at the abortion center coming out after they had the abortion, mm-hmm. uh, maybe directly after they had the abortion, or they're there for a follow up appointment and they share right. with you. The depression that's set in, suicidal thoughts and all that stuff. Yeah. You may encounter from women who are coming into the abortion center 
to have an abortion, who had a previous abortion, mm-hmm. and there's these suicidal tendencies, these self-destructive tendencies, which manifest themselves in suicidal thoughts and actions, but also manifest themselves in their their killing another child. Yeah. It's that cycle of sin and death and destruction. Yeah. It's that sense in which all hope is lost. There's no hope for me. May as well have another abortion. May as well take my own life. And spoiler alert, mm-hmm. the only way to break that cycle is not through some 12-step program, not some hotline or something like that, but it's through the power of the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, th- th- you raised a very, very important point. And I will, I will tell you, that when when I first encountered her, it did go through my head. Uh, this is not my training, yeah. and I need to connect her with a suicide prevention hotline. Yeah. So, so keep that in your heart. So I'm thinking that. Um, I had mentioned, I think, to my sister that I was counseling this woman, and uh, that was the first thing she asked. This is not something you should be dealing with. You should be contacting a suicide prevention hotline. So... I did connect her with a suicide prevention hotline, but I will tell you for exactly what you just said, Daniel, I had reservations doing so. A suicide prevention hotline is not necessarily gospel-oriented. They're not Christians necessarily. It's not even necessarily in any way God-based, church-based. It is a secular hotline. And that always gives me concern because the counseling, I know, you know, everyone who is following this podcast because they love and know the truth that only the gospel saves, only the gospel ends that cycle of sin and desperation. Why would we be referring them then to a secular worldview? So I had that tension. I, I know I'm not really trained and but I also know that I I do know how to share the gospel. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I did and what I found out, and then we can kind of go from there. Um, what I did initially was I shared the gospel. Yeah. I, I asked a lot of questions so that I could find out um, enough to know where to go with the gospel sure. discussion. I found out she was uh, she had had the abortion several months ago, and she was suicidal, passively suicidal, just wanted to die. Okay, so let's let's define some things real quick, because okay. you started out using those terms passively mm-hmm. and actively. Sure, yeah. We can all pretty much figure out what that means, yeah. but let's define it just in case folks are wondering. Yeah. Okay, so passive suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation or or voicing a desire to die, yeah. but not a plan, an active plan to bring it about. Yeah. So, um, and that was, she was, it's called passive when they're, when they're not really, they don't have a plan. They, they maybe don't even really want to take action, but there is, they still have a desire to right. die. Yeah. And really the way she was voicing it, it did get a little bit worse over the course of me talking with her. It started with, there was no reason to live, to, it evolved to, I hope someone kills me. Yeah. So she did want to die, but she w- was not necessarily going to take her own life. Active would be, they have devised a plan. This is by far the more dangerous. Yeah, Although the passive can turn into active, yeah. but active, the suicidal, they have a plan. They maybe even have the weapons, um, and they are going to take action, or they are threatening to take action. That's an actively suicidal person, and that's a much more dangerous, um, high-risk 
uh, scenario. Yeah. Uh, neither are good. But um, but so so with her, I did share the gospel. I did go. I I did directly address sin and the consequence of sin, hopefully in a loving, compassionate manner. I'm sure no, I, I, definitely I was. You did. That's yeah. The, that's yeah. How you do it. So. Yeah. Um, and and she it there was a lot of discussion. It was like three hours, our first discussion. And then in many, many hours over the course of the next few days, she she ultimately, I would say, was still feeling desperation and despair. But she knew there was no way out of out of it outside of coming to the Lord, and she did yeah. submit her life to the Lord. Yeah. Um, so, but I also did recommend that she contact Suicide Prevention Hotline, yeah. and I gave her the uh, the hotline number. Yeah. I didn't know that there even were Christian suicide hotline numbers. There are, but they. They don't have a national manned hotline phone number. You right. can sometimes email. It's it's just it's not it's not nearly as easy and neat to find yeah. as it is the suicide hotline. I didn't think she even contacted them. It wasn't until later, as she had come to the Lord, she she was sounding better, but then she was cycling back, and that was when I started researching what what are some specific strategies to to deal with a suicidal person. Um, and I also found out that she had actually contacted the suicide prevention hotline and she told me it didn't help. Yeah. Now, I will say this, that there's obviously some pretty good people. Well, maybe not obviously, but I have some a fair amount of confidence that there are some good people that operate those lines and that I'm sure have good intentions. Yeah. There's probably some solid believers there, yeah, that love Jesus and they want to help people. So I don't want to paint that whole suicide prevention hotline thing in a bad light because right. I'm sure it's helped people and all of that. Definitely. Um, but the reality is that there's parameters that they have to stay in. They probably I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you know. Um, probably not are able to mention Jesus probably not really are able to share the gospel. And, you know, if we believe what the Word of God says, that the gospel is the hope of God <laughs> to yeah. salvation, the power of God to salvation, yeah, then, um, then the gospel can't be neglected in these conversations. Just principles of this world, ideas from this world, philosophies of man are not going to set people free. Right. I want to read a scripture here, which I think probably can encourage all of you guys. And, and I will say, too, that yes, there are situations that we get into and conversations that we get into that we ourselves cannot handle, that we're not equipped to handle, and that we need to bring maybe other voices into the conversation, maybe pastors or counselors, Christian counselors, that can speak more clearly into these situations. So there are times we need to leverage our connections in the body of Christ and get other people to speak into these conversations, yeah. obviously with the woman's permission, because we don't want to yeah. breach confidence, that right. sort of thing, or confidentiality. Um, but there's a scripture that I think is really powerful as it pertains to this and as it pertains to our confidence. And really, as we look at ourselves, oh, I'm not equipped to do that. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a trained counselor. I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist. And so we would think I can't speak to these situations. And so I need to hand it off to the professionals at right. the prevention yeah. hotline or whatever. Yeah. But in actuality, the Bible says this in Second Timothy chapter 3. Mm-hmm. 
It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped Mm. for every good work. Mm. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says that scripture of itself, that scripture is sufficient. Right. And that they that have the word of God, now it says that the man of God, it's because Timothy is being discipled by Paul, and he's mm-hmm. speaking specifically to Timothy as a man, but I think it could also apply to women who are ministering the gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's just exclusive to men. If you women, mm-hmm. if you men, if you have the word of God, the word of God can thoroughly equip you for every good work. Right. And suicide and suicidal tendencies and thoughts are included in every good work. So what I'm saying is, be in the Word of God, mm-hmm. and God can equip you to answer these issues, to yeah. be a resource for these women, to speak to these women. That does not mean that you have to be the only one speaking into the situation. Bring others into the conversation as appropriate. Again, bring your pastor in. Bring Maybe there's a Christian counseling center in your church. Bring that into the conversation. Don't feel yeah. like you have to take ownership of the whole situation. Bring others in. Yeah. But also know that, yes, you are and you can be, you, you are equipped if you have the word of God and you can be confident in the word of God to do a work in that. Yeah. Amen. Life. And there were over the course of the discussion, there would be, I, I, I did some things right. I'm going to go over the five key steps that I think are valuable from what I learned in my research of dealing with suicidal people. But um, but there were times in the discussion when I would, uh, th- throughout these several days, I was sending her scripture or yeah. stories in the Bible. And there were many times when she would write back. It was Most of it was by text. And she would say, that really helped. So it was it was oftentimes scripture. There yeah. was something that I said in scripture that, that would help her through that next hurdle. Right. And it's an ongoing process. But I do want to get into, so I, I did a lot of research into what, what kinds of things can we, should we do when we're interacting with them? Besides, I agree and I feel one of the most important things is share. It is the most important thing is to share the gospel. Yeah. But there are some key steps that... Um, I guess the experts really agree on these key steps. Yeah, and okay. so just, and we won't take too long. We wrote an article and there are a lot of websites that are included on that article so that people can look for themselves um, and research for themselves some of the specifics. But some of them were very counterintuitive to me. The first one, which I never came right out and said, are you thinking of killing yourself? Have you, do you actually have a plan yeah. And apparently you're supposed to do that. Okay. It The research shows, according to the articles I read, that if they start saying it, stating it with a witness to someone else, to a, someone who is invested in them and listening, it actually reduces the suicidal tendency. Yeah. Now, I would not have known that. You know what? There's uh, in line with that scripture I read in Second Timothy. There's a scripture that comes to mind okay. that speaks directly to that. Tell me, it. I think. Okay. Um, and it's First John in chapter one, okay. where John talks about walking in the light. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And also, Ephesians is Ephesians Ephesians five eleven. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And so it it speaks of exposing. It speaks of bringing things to the light, 
not dancing around the issue, but getting right to it. And so I think right. if the experts say that, well, they're just agreeing with what the Bible with says. Whether, okay, I so I had not thought of that scripture at all. That is, that's perfect. Uh, that is what the experts say. Have have them to find out. Ask directly. Do you have a plan? Yeah. Is 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 this beyond just thinking about it? Right. I did later after reading this. I did ask her, and she she said that she she believed that suicide would put her soul in jeopardy, and she didn't want that to happen. But she did not believe that um, uh, that if someone else took her life. Wishing for someone else to take her life, she did not feel was putting her soul in jeopardy. So uh, at that point, we were able to have a discussion about that from a biblical perspective. But so that's number one. Go ahead and talk about it. Bring it to light. I love that scripture. Secondly is just being there. And that was something that is just a part of my nature. When I know that someone is in pain, I think that's why I do what I do out on the sidewalk. I want to be there. That's when I'm the best friend is actually when someone is in pain. I'm a bad weather friend. I'm a better bad weather friend than a good weather friend, which is kind of the opposite of most people. So I was there for her because I knew this was a woman who was in pain, and I was staying in touch with her. And that's the second key step, that you be present physically by phones in some way, be there for that person. Being Showing support is very key. That suicidal people feel disconnected yeah. from everyone, yeah, and so that connection point is is really important. Yeah, I mean, I have a scripture for that. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, I may not quote it exactly. Okay, it's uh, Proverbs eighteen one. Okay, the man that isolates himself rages against sound judgment and seeks his own. Yeah. So this yeah. this kind of um, isolation dynamic you see with a lot of people that are suicidal or depressed. They yeah. want to isolate themselves. And so we kind of, we don't force our way into the situation, but right. we want to be present, Yeah, uh, bear one another's burdens. And so yeah. feel, fulfill the law of Christ. That's another scripture that comes to mind yeah. Yeah. is that we're supposed to be there, even if it seems like they don't want us there to be as present as possible. Of course, with you, you weren't physically present in this situation, but you were present there sending her text messages, letting yeah. her know that you care. Yeah. That's important. That that helps bear the burden with someone right. to know that you're there. Right. And, you know, it was relatively easy because she actually lives very far away. There was no way I could be there with her. So I would send texts just continually sending scripture quite frequently at first, less so now. And I, when I read this, I thought about our mentorship program through Love Life. Having someone who is literally walking alongside that woman for a minimum of a year so that she really knows she she is not alone in this. Yeah. Um, the third key point is to keep them safe. And the only way you can do that, first of all, you'd have to be there or you would have to have connections with someone who is there. Yeah. Um, with this woman, I didn't have that. But um, you can't keep them safe if you don't know if they have a plan, do they have right. weapons and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so what this article recommended is you find that out. If you're not physically there, ask a lot of questions, find out, do they have weapons? If they have weapons in the home, that is actually correlates with a higher likelihood that they will carry out the suicide. Yeah. So, um, so again, be direct. Don't bring it to light. Find out. Do they? And if they do, if they have a plan and if they have weapons, you are supposed to um, 
contact the authorities. Yeah. Um, and that would be a breach of trust, perhaps. But at that point, if that that the, this is serious, if they right. have weapons, a plan and you can't be there to physically intervene, someone needs to be there to physically intervene. Yeah. I have a scripture for that. Oh, gosh, there. you are right <laughs> on it today. Let's this hear is going to be one that really applies. Well, I think it can apply to this situation, but we apply okay. it to the unborn. Okay. That Proverbs 24, 24, verse 11. Yeah. Rescue those who are staggering toward the slaughter. Of course, this is yeah. self-slaughter, self-murder is yeah. what suicide is. Yeah. Um, hold back those who are stumbling toward death. Right. In a lot of ways, a woman who's suicidal, a man who's suicidal is staggering, stumbling um, toward death. Yeah. And uh, so we're supposed to hold them back, keep them safe. Yeah. If, we, if that means calling the police, if we know they've, like you said, got a plan in place and they've got the uh, implements of their death. Right. It's like, yeah, we got to intervene yeah. for their sake because we, we care about these. That's people. right. We don't want them to end up in hell. We don't want them to die. Uh, we don't want the destruction that the devil wants. And so really yeah. what we're doing is uh, counteracting the works of the enemy yeah, in their lives. Exactly. Um, number four is to help them connect. That's very similar to being there. But uh, in terms of connecting with a safety net, not just yeah. you being there, but because a suicidal person is, as I can attest, is d incredibly draining. There were times when I would see a text from her where I just felt like crawling in a hole yeah. because it was so ongoing and it's so heavy. So having connection points for them outside of just you, yeah. um, a safety net it, in, in love life, it might be a mentor. Yeah. Um, it might be a counselor and a counsel or a counseling group, a, a group of friends, whatever. Connect, the suicide prevention yeah. group. Um, so helping them c to connect church pastors, a church, just think about what can be a safety net and ask questions to figure out what might be the best safety net for the for that particular woman. Do you have a scripture for that? Well, I, not one. <laughs> I mean, the ones that I shared earlier kind of do speak to that, but yeah. not a one prescription, uh, one <laughs> particular scripture in mind. Okay. Um, okay. But maybe I'll come up with one. Oh, you probably will. Okay. So the last, the last one of the five key points, follow up, follow up. Don't just be there for day one and then forget about them. So follow up regularly after you've connected, even if you've connected them with trained emergency hotlines or professionals, continue to stay in touch. And studies actually show that there is a death. I, I'm sorry, there is a reduction in deaths by suicide when follow-up is involved. So be sure to follow up. So another point that I want to raise, you raised earlier, but yeah. with um, uh, with this woman in particular, I was really feeling, she kept cycling back. She would be good for a day or two and then she'd cycle back. And at that point, I felt like, th th I, I knew she had contacted Suicide Hotline. I knew she had supposedly come to the Lord. I knew I was sharing scripture and I really was kind of at a dead end. Yeah. I had also shared post-abortive um, groups with okay. her and, and an online post-abortive group. And she was not taking advantage of those at all. So I ended up calling Stephanie Reinhardt. Stephanie Reinhardt is a name everyone should know. She is with lovelife.org. She heads up the post-abortive program with Love Life. And so she is very knowledgeable about yeah. the specifics of dealing 
with a healing program with a post-abortive woman. Yeah. I, I first of all asked the woman I was counseling, can I share the information right. with Stephanie? Uh, and would you be willing to talk with her? She said, yes. So I called Stephanie. I gave her the back background and uh, Stephanie called her immediately. And the immediate aftermath of her talk with Stephanie was that she felt better. Okay. And I yeah, asked, well, I, because she, she sent me a verse the next day. This woman sent me a verse saying, this really resonates with me. And it was so perfect. It was such a great verse. And I said, this is amazing. I love this verse. You, This is showing like a whole different kind of outlook. Are yeah. you, Have you reached a turning point? Are you at a turning point? Because this feels like it. And she said, you know, I think I might be. And what she said after sharing that verse was that Stephanie had shared what she called, I forget what they were called, but it was, oh, declarations. She, Def, Stephanie calls them declarations. And she shares this as part of her healing post-abortive program. The declarations are all verses, who I am in Christ. Yeah. And what it's doing is shifting that focus on the problems, on the struggles, on the grief, on the sadness, on the suicidal thoughts, shifting them back to Jesus. Yeah. But who we are in Jesus. And yeah. and this woman found those very useful. Um, one, some of them are like, I'll just say the first one because anyone can go to our article. They're very, there's many of them. But uh, what, what a suicidal woman is saying is I renounce the law. Wait, wait. She's, she's saying she's rejected. She's unloved. She's dirty. She's shameful that she can never be accepted. All of that I had heard from this woman. Yeah. But what God says for, um, is yet to um, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Yeah. So I am a child of God. And, and repeating that declaration, I am a child of God. And then the, a verse that's linked with it. And there's many of them. Yeah. Um, those were very, very helpful yeah. for this woman. And of course, that really speaks to the word of God being like let's let's believe the report of the of the Lord, um, in contrast to our feelings, right? Yeah. And if she's a believer in Jesus, and you said you share the gospel with her, and she surrendered her life to Jesus, yeah. Then she has this declaration to make that she's a child of God, that she belongs to to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that right. she's His child, yeah. In accordance to this scripture, in contrast to her feelings, right? So I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. It's powerful. Now, what happened later? A day, I think it was a day or two later, was I could tell from the text I was getting that she was cycling back. Okay. So just remember not to be discouraged by that, but remember those five key points. One of them was stay in touch, get yeah. a connection point and uh, um, a safety net for her. Yeah. So we're working on that. Stephanie has connected her with a post-abortive group. Okay. Um, and I am staying in touch every single day. I send her scripture first thing in the morning. She agreed to join my email group yeah. that is blind copied. So every single morning, I know that she's getting that. But then I always send at least one or two other texts throughout the day, just maybe a scripture that hits, hits me or just saying, hey, how are you? Yeah. So yeah, um, that is, uh, that is uh, really critical, I think, for us to remind everyone, don't give up. Yeah. Even though it seems really depressing, 
don't give up. Be there for any mom or woman or anyone really who is in this kind of a desperate situation because yeah. the fact that you are fighting for them um, is is really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't shy away from the word of God. Don't shy away, right. away from the truth of the gospel. Don't yeah. shy away from the reality of sin. Yeah. Um, and don't shy away from praying <laughs> to the Lord and putting this situation in his hands because ultimately he's the one that's got to bring his comfort to them. Yeah. Draw them near to himself. Yeah. And again, it's the power of the gospel that's going to break that cycle of sin that they're right. caught up in, that cycle of depression that they're caught up in. But I think. Again, the most powerful is the gospel, but then beyond that is your presence, you following up on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I will say one thing to be super aware of and and to not do, because it can be a deal breaker, is to breach trust and confidentiality. Yeah. Like you did, you asked first if you could share with Stephanie and connect her with Stephanie. You got to ask first. Right. If you're going to share... Maybe you want people to be praying for this situation. You certainly would. Yeah. Don't share any specifics. Right. You don't want to breach confidentiality because that will break down the conversation immediately if they right. find out. And it can it can actually add to some of that depression and some yeah. of those suicidal thoughts. This idea that yeah. that nobody's for me. Right. But the fact that she knows that she's got you, Vicky, in her corner. Yeah. And now with your permission, you invited her. To, to connect with Stephanie. She's right. got Stephanie in her corner. Right. The more people they get in their corner that they know are present and that are for them, yeah. um, the less likely they are to go through with any suicidal Right, and, and like I do want to add one other thought is you may not be successful in terms of saving this life. You yep. may not be, and you cannot take that on yourself. Right. That is not your fault. Should this woman end up committing suicide? I pray she doesn't. I don't think she will. But um, in the same thing, we urge counselors, you can't take the death of the aborted babies on your plate either. It's not your fault. We are not responsible for the results, but we are responsible for being faithful in obeying God and in doing what we can and leave the results to God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully, guys, this was a blessing. This was encouraging to you guys. Some things to dig into a little more. We have an article that you can check out on the Sidewalks for Life website um, in equipping articles. So this article will be out um, around the same time that this podcast comes out. Also want to cue you guys into a resource that we created a couple of weeks ago. It's basically just a web page with all of our um all of our Gospel Center Pro-Life episodes on it and a search feature where you can search keywords, maybe like suicide, mm-hmm. and it'll actually look at any of our episodes that mention that word. It'll look through the titles, but also through the body of it because it, it puts it out in a uh, transcript. And uh, so use that feature, um, use that website, gospelcenteredprolife.com. And share this episode with other people. Share the podcast if you think it'll be a blessing to others. Share it with them. Share it on social media. Reach out to us. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicki, at lovelife.org. If you have questions or comments, subjects you'd like for us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me gratitude I know it will cost me
Nothing's too precious since I met you 